Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, what's up, everybody? I'm Faraz. Zach is here. We are officially in championship week for fantasy football. Congratulations if you made it to the championship. It's time to look forward. It's time to look forward to this week setting your lineups we got a lot of decisions to make a lot of interesting rankings this week uh especially when it comes to quarterback you know some good matchups some not so good matchups some guys that you might not be able to trust that you normally were trusting right you might be streaming some quarterbacks in championship week so you know this is going to be an interesting one so uh we're going to get into it man uh zach how you feeling man like this is uh you know there's a lot of a lot of pressure a lot of pressure yeah. this week you know the- there's a on, lot on of us to, on on us to make sure that you know everybody who's listening walks away with the fantasy championship. Yeah, and we gotta make sure we're not throwing out any crappy calls here. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess in the regular season we could get away with you know, oh well, he flopped a little bit when we thought he would do good, <laughs> but it, the pressure's on. We're under a microscope right here, so hopefully we, we can help get these. Get we'll these wins. we'll take it on. We'll take it on. We got you guys. Um, let's get into some news. Derek Henry practiced on Tuesday. Uh, no Titans have practiced in full this week so far. Uh, so, you know, is it possible that the Titans are resting up some of their starters, including Derrick Henry? You know, since their Week 17 game doesn't really mean much, the Titans and the Jaguars are gonna, going up against each other in Week 18. Whoever wins that game is going to win the division. Right. Um, the wild card isn't out of, you know, contention for these two teams. So it's like, the loser can potentially, the loser of the Week 18 game can potentially still make the playoffs, you know, uh, through the wild card. So I'm not sure if the team, if these teams want to rest up, especially the Jaguars. But you know, we'll see. You know, yeah. it's 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 interesting. You know, and you know, you just kind of have to keep in mind that this could happen. So, you know, if you have Henry, right, and there if there aren't a lot of options in the waiver wire, like all the guys you talked about yesterday, they're not available. You know, I'd grab Hassan Haskins, right. 
Yeah. And if you're really at a pinch, you know, besides Der- outside of Derrick Henry and you can't start him, just grab Hassan Haskins, you know, just play him. You know, he's like a mid RB three against the Cowboys on Monday night. If Henry, oh, I'm sorry, on Thursday night, if Henry can't go. Um, yeah. And if Henry does go, fire him up as you normally would. Uh, if you're going up against Derrick Henry also, right, you might just want to pick up Haskins in case just to block your opponent. Even yeah. though, you know, Haskins might not be a great play, I'd rather pick up the guy who might get some volume over some random scrub on the waiver wire. Yeah, absolutely. So my thinking here, we talk about the Jaguars-Titans game having all the complications, you know, in week 18, these week 17 matchups for these teams not meaning much. I could see the Jaguars playing. I don't think they're going to rest. They're on a roll. There's no reason to let themselves get cold. They're on a hot streak. Just keep running through that hot streak. Trevor Lawrence is on fire. Uh, I think they're going to keep playing. It would make all the sense in the world for the Titans to kind of just rest up. We know they're banged up already going into this matchup. They had, I think, on Monday's practice report, there were 20 players. I mean, I don't know. That might be a little bit drastic. But there were a lot of them on the practice report. And they're big names, too. So I'm thinking if there's a team that's going to rest, it's going to be the Titans. But if Derrick Henry practiced uh, yesterday, I think there's a chance he plays this week. Just because... If he doesn't play, what offense are the Titans going to have? I don't think there's no. going to be any offense because they've been bad um, without Ryan Tannehill, and that's saying a lot. And, you know, if the if the Titans end up you – know, so they're going up against the, the Cowboys, right? Yeah. And if they do end up resting Derrick Henry, it's like what does that mean for someone like Dak Prescott? You know, uh, it's like, you know, will they have to compete a whole lot? Uh, and, de- and it depends who they're resting, right? Are they going to be resting their defensive stars too, like on that front seven? Right. Right? Because that would kind of it, – it, it would – you know, the Titans were so stout against the run, right? So it's yeah. like, all right, well, Dak have to put it on his shoulders in that game, you know, also with Tony Pollard a little bit banged up, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. air it out a little bit because that's how you beat the Titans on offense at least. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting because, you know, if they do end up resting a lot of the defensive players as well, like on that front seven, then, you know, Zeke and Pollard can run wild, right? And, and then Zach yeah. might not have to do much. If Tony Pollard's banged up too, like maybe we see a little bit more of Zeke. We'll have to see. I don't know. They want to make sure that they have the running backs, you know, fresh for the playoffs, obviously, because they clinched already. Yeah. But for me, even if the defensive starters don't play, if Derrick Henry doesn't play, I think Dak Prescott's a perfectly fine start. We've seen him tear up defenses in games that don't really matter in the first half and put up like 30 points. He did that twice last year against Washington and Philadelphia. And he's done that against the Vikings. You know, obviously that was a blowout. Um, They were playing their starters. I'm not worried about it at all. The Titans allow a lot of points to receivers and quarterbacks. So I think that, you know, he's in a good matchup this week, even though the game script might not favor him. I kind of have him as a slam dunk start, you know, because I think they're going to be throwing the ball um, a lot just to get ahead. And then once they get ahead, they can lean on the run game. Um, I don't expect the Titans to stick around too long in this game. I don't want to get too ahead of myself because I am a Cowboys fan. But I think that the game script is going to be non-favorable for the most part following the halftime. So I, I think that you're pretty much starting Dak for an excellent first half and hoping that's how the game goes. Um, I don't think it's going to be too, too competitive outside of that. But if Derrick Henry plays, though, and if they, if they yeah. end up playing it's their better. starters, then I can mm-hmm. see a, a more competitive game yeah. for sure. The more Titans starters that play, the better as far yeah. as, you know, obviously fantasy comp, what's it called, implications. Yeah, no, definitely. I think so. Which is interesting to say because it's like, wait, don't you want the worst <laughs> players on the field against yeah. the t- Cowboys? Well, not really. Yeah. Um, if you have Travis Etienne, right, there is a chance. And like you said, you know, much smaller chance than the Titans to rest their starters against the Texans. So, you know, I'd grab Jermichael Hasty if you have ETN 
or if you're just going up against ETN just in case, it's a great matchup, right? So Hasty yeah. would be a good start if ETN doesn't go. Um, just remember, ETN did have a bit of a shoulder issue early on, you know, in that game on Thursday night. Uh, there hasn't been any indication since then that they would sit him or that he's banged up or he's hurt. He did come back into the game and all that. But, you know, just just do your due diligence. We're talking championship <laughs> on the line here. Yeah. Okay. So if you're going up against them, ETN, or you have them, just pick up Hasty just in case. You know, you don't need all those five, six bench spots this week. <laughs> those five, six bench spots should only be reserved for guys who you can either potentially start or guys you, you're blocking your opponent from grabbing. Right. And that's it. Because that's it. You only have to play against your one opponent this week. And I don't know. Is it is it common courtesy in fantasy leagues? You know, obviously we're in the championship round for players that aren't in the championship to not mess around on the waiver wire. I know that yes. we were talking about that in our league a little bit. Yes, yes, we did. Now I, I kind of messed up a little bit because I forgot about third place. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, there are people playing for third place. You know, if mm-hmm. if third place has a prize, has some prize money then I guess third, you know, whoever's fighting for third place uh, should, you know, grab, be able to grab some players too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's kind of like the championship players should get first dibs, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of what happened in our league last night where it was just the, the, the two guys in the championship picking up players. Um, and it's funny because, like, you know, I had no fab left in this league. Right. And the guy that I'm going up against, Rich, he has – uh, a little bit of fab left. So, like, you know, he was just putting $1 bids on a bunch of players that I wanted. <laughs> he gets first pick. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a smart play, though. Carrying fab yeah. all the way to the championship. That's assuming you make it. Yeah. That's definitely Hell a yeah. smart Hell play. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. I thought I you said this guy up... didn't play before. I know. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a smart guy, though. He's savvy. He's a smart guy. Um, <laughs> You know, it's funny. Um, you know, Rich is probably listening to this, and uh, he was he was upset the other day because we were talking about him uh, and be you know kind of being that first time player. You know, but he went in this year, like he was super into it, right? Yeah. And um, you know, a lot of resources. He does listen to the pod, but he he, he does a lot of his own research too. Uh, and then the other day, you know, we were talking about him and being a first time player, and then you you went ahead and compared him to your sister, yeah, who's also uh, a novice <laughs> fantasy yeah. football player. And he texted me on his way to work one morning when he was listening to it, like the day after we put out the podcast. And he said, hey, man, why is that compare me to his sister? Not cool. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. cool. Hey, <laughs> but there, I was there like, are too man. many parallels. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, listen, man, there are a lot more parallels than you think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Beginner's <laughs> luck. It, it gets to some people. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, I, that beginner's luck might kick my ass this week because he has a good ass. <laughs> we'll um well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, Tony Pollard, you know, he hasn't practiced yet either this week, and he plays on Thursday night. Obviously, we just talked about that. But Jerry Jones said he should be good to go. You know, be ready for him to miss just in case. Okay? If he plays, right. he's an RB1 play, even in a tough matchup against Tennessee. Uh, if he doesn't play, you know, Zeke moves up a bit, maybe to a low-end RB1. I kind of have him already as a borderline RB1 anyway, right. uh, even in the tough matchup. Um you know, the question is also like, is Zeke better with Pollard? Like, I think like does so. he just get right? He kind of is, right? Because I, I feel like Pollard just gives the offense in you know a, a better chance at scoring, right? Because yeah. Pollard's helping move the offense. So I guess the question is like, how bad of a blow would it be uh for that offense in general and even Zeke scoring if Pollard misses this game? That would be a big blow. I mean, for their overall offense in general, it would be big. They wouldn't have as high a ceiling as they've had in the past few weeks, even with Dak at quarterback. You know, they come back. I think they lead or they're second in scoring since Dak came back. 
from that injury earlier in the season. Um, Tony Pollard's been a big reason why they're doing that. And the reason Zeke is scoring those touchdowns, like you said, is because Tony Pollard is making plays down the field. And then that's what's allowing them to get in the red zone. And then that that's what they call Zeke territory. Um, so I, I think that if he's out, Zeke would definitely take a hit. I don't think that we really need to move him down or anything, but Zeke is a better player when Tony Pollard plays because it allows him to stay fresh. We've seen Zeke. He has a he doesn't have a whole lot of tread on the tires left. He has a lot of volume that he's taken over his years in the, in the NFL and in college. So he needs those breathers. He needs to stay fresh more than a guy that's just coming out like Brees Hall would have or somebody like that. Obviously, that's an extreme example because he's a rookie. You know, he didn't have too many touches. But, you know, he's not the workhorse anymore. He doesn't have that capability. So he needs to stay fresh. If he stays fresh, we see he scores touchdowns. You know, he's a, a good fantasy running back. He's not great, but he's good. Um, if Tony Pollard doesn't play, I think you could see him get a couple more carries. Uh, as long as he scores a touchdown, it's going to be the same thing. If he scores a touchdown, he'll be fine. But I don't like the overall offense as much without Tony Pollard on it. So I, I would definitely temper expectations with him a little bit. It's not something where it's like, oh, there's less competition in the backfield. Let's just move Zeke right up. You know, we're not propelling him to a top five, top six spot. He's going to be right. outside of that range regardless of whether Tony plays or not. He just can't score, stop scoring touchdowns, man. That's yeah. eight games in a row. Eight games in a row now that he's played in in which he's scored, which is yeah. insane. insane. <laughs> he's, on, he's on a roll. And I, I love to see it because this is like this is what Zeke needs to stay relevant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just as a player, you know, those touchdowns have to come. And the offense has been just gifting him those touchdowns. Um, it's not necessarily all him. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, if Pollard doesn't play, I, I won't be considering Malik Davis uh, because of the tough matchup yeah. this week. No, I wouldn't either. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. So head to B-O-L-L and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's get into our quarterback rankings. Let's do it. So the Bills are going to travel to Cincinnati for Monday Night Football, and that game has a chance to have some fireworks, right? Yeah. Whenever you have Josh Allen and Joe Burrow going up against each other with their weapons, it can happen. Um, so I have Josh Allen at one, Joe Burrow at two, respectively. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at three against Denver. Mahomes is the only quarterback to throw for three touchdowns against Denver this year, and he can do it again, although you know, two of those touchdowns were those big plays by Jack McKinnon uh, in the past game 
uh, the last time these two played against each other. Yeah. Um, and then we have Justin Fields and Jared Goff at four and five this week. I'm not worried about Fields, man. Like he dropped 40 points the last time these two teams went up against each other. So I expect him to bounce back in this one. And Goff, you know, at five yeah. this week, great that, matchup, yeah. high ceiling. And, you know, he just moves ahead of some guys that I just can't trust as much, which is crazy to say because I actually trust Jared Goff this week. Yeah, it's easy to trust Jared Goff this week. Obviously, you look at the matchup that he has. It's against the the, the Lions, not not he, against the Bears. And sorry, I'm mixing up. I'm looking at my notes right here with Justin Fields. But he's 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 playing against the Bears. They're allowing the second most fancy points of quarterbacks over the last two weeks, and the ninth most over the entire season. There's no reason not to like this matchup. You know, we talked about it. They had a tough matchup against the Jets last last a couple weeks ago, and they looked all right. But Jared Goff. He has high upside now with the receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously. And DJ Chark's been a contributor now, like you said. He's been right around 100 yards three of the last four games. I think he can get that again against a pretty easy matchup against the Bears secondary. And then also Justin Fields, I think he's a really strong start. You know, obviously the Lions are allowing the most fancy points season long to quarterbacks. And it's just going to be fireworks all around. This has, I think, the highest or the second highest. I think it's the highest. Total it's the highest week. over-under. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. at 52. So that's yeah. really good news for fantasy. I think that this is can absolutely be a shootout. And Justin Fields, he's going to have more than 11 yards rushing. That was last week. Yeah. That was an outlier. Agreed. Agreed. Kirk Cousins at six against Green Bay. Uh, Dak Prescott at seven against Tennessee. And, you know, like we just mentioned, but I'll reiterate it real quick. The Cowboys could be a little r- less run heavy if Pollard is a little limited in this game. Right. Uh, but like you mentioned, it is a good matchup for quarterbacks. So Dak should be able to get it done either way. Um, then, you know, but if Derrick Henry doesn't play, not sure Dak's ceiling is too high, uh, but at the end of the day, like it's the pass game that teams have had to, you know, utilize to produce against the Titans. So, yeah. you know, they're not letting up too much against the run. So still, I think Dak is still a sol- solid QB one this week. I think Dak is a really good play. I'm just looking at the matchup. And like I said, the game script, we've seen Dak do his thing before. The passing attack has been working all season. Um, we saw it last week against a pretty tough matchup against the Eagles. I I like Dak Prescott in this matchup, regardless of who plays or whatever. I think that they have a chance to put up some points and put up some points early, especially if Tony Pollard's limited and it puts more on Dak's shoulders. He'll be throwing the ball more. He's one of my favorite starts this week. Obviously, outside of the top four, those guys, Justin Fields, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, I wouldn't start him over them. But if you're talking about Kirk Cousins, even Jared Goff, I do like Jared Goff. Um, I would seriously consider putting Dak in over Jared Goff. I think he's right in that range where he could be a top five quarterback this week. He was a QB one last week as well. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far. Me, okay. I, I, maybe, I, maybe it's just I, a Cowboys I, fan of me. I don't know. <laughs> but I think I think this could be a really good matchup for him. He could build on what he did last week. And one of the reasons for that is because you know CD Lamb doesn't have a, an amazing matchup out of the slot this week, and it's really right. the the perimeter where you know the Titans have been you know really really bad this year. Um, so yeah, that's my only concern, but you know, I, I'm with you because it's like, you think about how they're going to attack this team and it's like, you know, they're most likely going to attack through the air, through the air, yeah. uh, assuming that the Titans do end up playing, um, the Titans starters. I mean. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Titans end up playing. <laughs> if the Titans, the <laughs> Titans are like, you know what? We'll just forfeit this yeah. game, <laughs> you know, keep everybody healthy. And we'll yeah. just see you in a week 18. I, I've read okay. a couple articles that are like, should the, should the Titans just forfeit this game? Oh, <laughs> it, it sucks because everyone's just betting right on the Cowboys. It's like, oh, this is an easy Cowboys win. It'll be very Cowboys of them to lose. But I don't think in, they're going to. <laughs> in Tennessee. In yeah. Tennessee. Keep that in mind, too. All right. Trevor Lawrence at eight. Uh, I, I think I would put him ahead of 
Dak this week and maybe even Cousins if this wasn't a tough matchup in Houston. Yeah, um, matchup. He can ob- he can obviously overcome it, you know, which is why he's still a solid quarterback one this week. But you know, hopefully the Jaguars don't bench their starters this week, and you know he'll be good to yeah. go. Uh, <laughs> but I agree with you, man. Like you know, I think they're on a roll. You know, they keep that momentum going. You know, I think that's a big. You know, and if you know if they do play their guys, like they can kill Houston this week, yeah. and then it'll be a huge momentum. You know, he would be huge momentum going into a, a very important Week 18 game against the Titans. Yeah, this is a completely different offense than what the Texans just went up against in the Titans. You know what I'm saying? Like, Trevor Lawrence is balling. He's on fire. And they have plenty of weapons now. Travis Etienne has a really good matchup. They could get it done any way they want. Um, I do think it's going to be Travis Etienne's day. I do think if any quarterback is going to get it done at this point against Houston, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. They're season-long allowing the 29th um, least fantasy points to quarterbacks, but they've cooled off a little bit, and they're actually right in the middle of the pack. I think they're allowing 17th. Uh, most fantasy points the quarterback so Houston they're kind of coming back down to earth not as tough as a matchup I think this is going to be their toughest battle um, so far that they've had in, in, in a couple weeks so I think Trevor Lawrence can get it done I do agree though I would keep him underneath guys like Dak Kirk Cousins Jared Goff because of that matchup I think he has much more upside in a better matchup right yeah and then I have Mike White at nine against Seattle because of the upside you know the matchup isn't amazing yeah. you know it's solid he threw for 315 yards uh, against the Bears, 369 against the Vikings, and then you know could have possibly hit 300 against the Bills if he didn't come out for a little bit. You know, in that game when he got hit twice in the ribs, yeah. um, some brutal hits there. But it's interesting because you know no quarterback has thrown for 300 yards against the Seahawks since since Jared Goff in that crazy game in Week Four. Yeah. Um, one of the most one of the most uh, you know. Uh, memorable games of the season when it comes to fantasy. Uh, mm-hmm. But so, you know, I am tempering expectations a little bit on, on Mike White, uh, but I, I do think that he has some more upside than a couple of these other guys this week, you know, especially given the fact that he has weapons, you know, and, and we'll talk about a couple of these guys that I have after mm-hmm. him, which might be a little bit surprising. Yeah. It, when I was putting these graphics together, was, Mike White seemed a little bit high, but I understand where you're coming from. I mean, he has been a yardage guy. You know, he throws the ball a lot. And the offense does much better, obviously, with Mike White in the lineup than Zach Wilson. I think this system that he's, you know, going to be playing in is a little bit underrated. You know, it's not necessarily the level of the 49ers and the Eagles where any quarterback can come in. We saw Zach Wilson. He's not able to do that. But just a serviceable quarterback like Mike White, he can have a good day with Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore on the outside. Tyler Conklin isn't a bad tight end. You know, and the running attack was not a night. It's not what, is, what it's going to be with Brees Hall, but it's pretty good anyway. So I think that he can step in and be just fine. The matchup, um, we've seen the Seahawks being a couple of shootouts. Um, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, you just said about that stat that no quarterback has thrown for 300 yards against Seattle since week four. I, I think that Mike White, be, Mike White might be a candidate to break that, you know, just break that streak and throw for those 300 yards because he has historically just been a guy that throw the ball downfield. And that's what we like to see in fantasy football. So I think this is kind of, it's a little bit high. It's closer to his ceiling than where I expect him to finish, but he definitely has it in him this week. Yeah, I mean, he has Garrett Wilson. He has the weapons. Tyler Conklin, I feel like he's going to have a good game this week against Seattle. Um, yeah, I, I like him. And Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson, I have him at 10 and 11. You know, yeah. and I get it. It might seem a little crazy, but, you know, championship week, I'm just not sure I can trust either right now. Uh, Herbert has had good matchups, you know, the last four weeks. And in those four weeks, he's thrown a total of two touchdowns and three interceptions. In yeah. that span. And now he gets the Rams, 
who, you know, they've picked off quarterbacks eight times in the last five games. And they're giving up the, the eighth least fantasy points to quarterbacks right now. So, you know, a couple of quarterbacks have been able to do their thing. Gino had three touchdowns against them several weeks ago. Um, you know, Mahomes, I think, threw for one touchdown against them, but did hit the 300 mark, 300 yard threshold. Um, so, you know, this could go anyway. But right now, Herbert, like, just a little bit tough to trust. Are you starting yeah. Herbert over Mike White this week? I, I think that one's really close. I'm just looking at it from if you, if you put me in a vacuum, well, not necessarily a vacuum, put me in a four week vacuum. The last four games Mike White has played, and the last four games Justin Herbert has played. Justin Herbert hasn't capitalized on any good matchup. And you watch him, the eye test says Justin Herbert's a very good quarterback. You know, he's throwing darts all over the field, regardless of where he is positioned, if he's on the run or not. He looks like a really good quarterback, but the yeah. touchdowns just haven't been there, just inexplicably, too. Keenan Allen's catching 10 passes. None of them are touchdowns. Mike Williams had no touchdowns. Austin Eckler ran two in. This is supposed to be a pass-first offense for the Chargers, and it hasn't been. So I'm kind of, like I said, I think that you might be onto something here with Mike White over him um, because of that upside. I think Mike White has a better chance of throwing a touchdown or a couple of touchdowns at least than this point at this point than Justin Herbert does this week against a pretty tough, like you said, Rams defense that's allowing the eighth least fantasy points of quarterbacks and it hasn't been much better obviously you can look at splits season long that's the eighth lease and then the last four it's actually the sixth lease so yeah. it's not a very good matchup at all for justin herbert and since he hasn't been capitalizing on those good matchups how can you expect him to capitalize on a bad matchup right exactly exactly and then lamar at 11 you know assuming that he's back you know he has i guess he has a floor that you can depend on yeah but you know if i'm trying to put up some big points this week i'm not sure lamar is the play for me you know, he hasn't right. shown his ceiling since week three of this season. You know, is he really going to be running like that after the PCL injury? You know, and like mm -hmm. without too many weapons, like it doesn't scream upside to me. This seems like a little bit of a trap, you know, with Lamar back, you know, and potentially trusted him, you know, against Pittsburgh. You know, yeah. is he going to be running? Like, does he have this? Does he does he have it in him to rush for 60, 70 yards in his first game back from the PCL injury? Like, I, I don't know, you know, and yeah. and because of that unknown, I'm not sure. Like, if I have some of these other guys, you know, as options, I might just, I might go with those other guys. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. We saw, obviously, Justin Fields had a shoulder injury. He came back and they lowered his rushing snaps, you know, obviously, um, just because of that injury. And that was to something that doesn't really affect his legs, you know, that was shoulder. Obviously, you want to take care of him. But this is something where Lamar Jackson's coming off a knee injury. Pretty much the most important part if you're going to be running of the body. So <laughs> I would say that Lamar Jackson. Combined that injury coming off of that, combined with the fact that he hasn't had much of a ceiling outside the first three weeks, also combined with the fact that it's going to be a tough, gritty game against Pittsburgh, who are scrapping to try and make a playoff, make the playoffs, or just you know get that non-losing season for Mike Tomlin. You also have to consider that in the last four games, the Steelers are allowing the third least fantasy points to quarterbacks. All signs are just pointing down for Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens have a playoff spot clinched. So is there really? a need to have Lamar Jackson go out and put himself on the line, you know, in this game. I don't know. I think they're going to definitely take it easy with him. They're going to call it so that he doesn't have to worry about getting hurt. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, and obviously this is just speculation. Like if I would consider maybe not even playing Lamar Jackson at this point, let him get yeah. all the way healthy because this game at the end of the day, isn't going to mean a whole lot. It might help right. with seeding if they win this game, but there's not much on the line for the Ravens at this point. They're in the playoffs. I don't like Lamar Jackson hardly at all this week. He might be outside the QB1 conversation for me. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. It's crazy to say, <laughs> isn't it? Like, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I have him at 12 against Minnesota. <laughs> the way that it sounds, it seems like you're starting Aaron Rodgers over Lamar. Um, yeah. 
But, you know, I think he needs Christian Watson for him to right. be placed this high, right? Like, with Aaron Jones a little bit banged up, too, obviously, he's a factor in the pass game as well. You know, so not sure I want to really trust Aaron Rodgers if Watson is out. You Like, would you agree with that? Like, he kind of hasn't done a whole lot even in good matchups before yeah. Watson started coming on. Um, I think I, the floor can be there, but the ceiling yeah. won't be there if even in a good matchup if Watson doesn't go. I trust Aaron Rodgers this week just because it's against Minnesota. You know, we said you can start anybody against Minnesota. If Daniel Jones can get it done with Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James, I think Aaron Rodgers can get it done too. With Christian Watson, if he doesn't play, I don't think he's going to reach his potential for this week. But I think even if he doesn't maximize his potential, he's still going to be a solid start. I have him. I have a couple of like really solid starts. He's one of my guys I have picked out this week because it's obviously Minnesota. But yeah, I think who passes. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a bit of a role, too. You know, they're winning games, and they're trying to get to the playoffs. So I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers has a really good week this week. And, yeah, I would definitely start him over Lamar Jackson at this point because there's just so many questions surrounding him. I think Aaron Rodgers is a much safer bet in a much better matchup. Even without Christian Watson, I I think he finishes as a low-end QB1. And he can be a mid-QB1 if Christian Watson plays. He has that type of upside. What's worse, a low-end QB1 or a mid-QB1? So... A mid QB one would be better. A low end QB one would be. Great. Yeah, I know. I was just. Yeah. I, I was just kidding. I was just I, obviously. obviously I, I, that, yeah. That was obviously. my attempt at a, at a joke. I get. Yeah, the joke. mid, mid. Yeah, I hear you. It's it's a <laughs> solid. We'll go with solid QB one. Solid. That's the new word there choice we here. We're working on this. We'll get this right for next season, guys. <laughs> I don't want to confuse. Aaron Rodgers mid. Yeah, he's mid. <laughs> uh, Geno Smith against the Jets at thirteen. If Jalen Hurts is out. Gardner Minshew at 14. You know, tough matchup for Geno. That's why I have him all the way down here. Uh, potentially without Lockett, right? Yeah. So that's what it comes down to for me as well. So, like, are we going Minshew? I have Minshew at 14 right now on this graphic here. Mm-hmm. Are we going Minshew over Geno against uh, New Orleans if Lockett's out? They have very similar matchups as far as, you know, difficulty. I would probably go Minshew. Just because I like mm-hmm. the offense around him more. Geno Smith has come back right. down to earth a little bit. And like I said, they struggled without Tyler Lockett. And I think that he's a big reason why the offense was able to go. Obviously, DK Metcalf's a good receiver. And Kenneth Walker's a good running back. But Tyler Lockett is that quarterback-friendly guy that'll move the chains for you when nobody else will. They missed that last week. We saw it. They had trouble moving the ball against Kansas City's defense of all defenses. We thought that would be a shootout. It wasn't. So I think as long as that's the case, I mean, if Tyler Lockett plays, I think we can move him. We keep him here or move him up a little bit. But I, I think Gardner Minshew is the play at this point, assuming that Tyler Lockett doesn't play. Would you go Minshew over Rodgers if Christian Watson's out, or are you are, are you do you love Chris? You love. It seems like you really like Aaron Rodgers this week. I like Aaron Rodgers this week. You know, obviously Gardner Minshew, he's in a good system. He he was efficient last week against the Cowboys defense, but I think Aaron Rodgers has a better floor and a higher upside. Where Gardner Minshew, you know. I think he can put up 20 points, but it's not going to be like Aaron Rodgers this week. So I think how that, about, how about be, Lamar? Yeah, that's really close between Gardner and Lamar. I would say yeah. I can't, I'm tempted to play Gardner Minshew. I'm I tempted. And who would Safer, ever right? who would Safer. ever think we would be having this discussion? Like I'm going to be on record. You ever see that freezing cold <laughs> takes fantasy uh, Instagram page? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of course. I'm going to be on there saying that, oh, I would start Gardner Minshew over Lamar Jackson this week. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. Where, well, but... just don't say it in a sentence. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Can you rely yes. on Gardner Minshew over Lamar Jackson in your championship week? I think you could if it came down to it. Everything is pointing down for Lamar. 
And Gardner Minshew looked perfectly fine last week. He has playmakers. He's in a better offense, obviously. So I think he could get away with it. I'm not saying think, that he's going to, but I think he could to. get away with it. It comes down to him having A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, right? Like, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. Lamar doesn't have anybody, you know? Yeah. Mark Andrews has been <laughs> underperforming. You know? That's the trouble. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think I might. Yeah, I think I might do that. Maybe maybe we got to go Aaron Rodgers at 11, Geno at 12, Lamar at 13. I'm sorry, Gardner at 13 and Lamar at 14. Wow. Yeah. Okay. As weird as that sounds, he is now, if we put him there, out of QB1 territory. He's now high on QB2. And that's what he's been playing like. I mean, when he's been healthy. That's what we've yeah. seen. It's true. Tom Brady at 15 against Carolina. Um, you know, obviously hasn't shown a ceiling at all this year. Good matchup last week. Couldn't come through. But, you yeah, know, decent matchup this week. He could get it done. Uh, Brock Purdy at 16 against Vegas. Good matchup there so that he's elevated up to a mid-quarterback quarterback two. I'm sorry, solid quarterback two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Daniel Jones against Indy at 17. Derek Carr against San Francisco at 18. Uh, you know, he's come through in terrible matchups so uh, yeah. Derek Carr should be fine this week fire him up uh, Deshaun Watson <laughs> fire him up uh, Deshaun Watson <laughs> at 19 against Washington and then Sam Darnold you know who isn't a great quarterback but in, he's getting it done in the system that he's in he's managing it you know it, okay right yeah uh, he's at 20 he has DJ Moore you know he has he, he has him and you know as long as he has him he could put up some decent numbers so yeah any 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 comments 15 to 20 yeah, I think Brock Purdy, you know what you're getting with him. And like I said, he's been using George Kittle like you're supposed to use George Kittle, which has been great to see. Yep. Um, he has he thrown he's thrown one touchdown outside of George Kittle, I think. And that was Brandon Knight. One touchdown. And so he's yep. obviously relying on George Kittle. As long as George Kittle's playing, I'm okay starting Brock Purdy. You know what you're getting with him. He's gonna be right in that uh, you know, mid to low, solid, sorry, excuse me, solid to low quarterback two range. Um, I don't think he has a whole lot of upside. They're not gonna ask him to do that much. And in this matchup, I could see the Niners going up pretty easily on, on the Raiders. So they're not, they're not going to have to rely on Brock Purdy a whole lot, but he can be efficient where he can score your points. If you're chasing just security at the quarterback and you have no better options, I would go with Brock Purdy. But I think even Lamar Jackson should be started over Brock Purdy at this point, even though Lamar Jackson, his upside might be seriously hampered because he doesn't have that rushing upside. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Have you been dreaming about paying off credit card debt, installing solar panels, going to college, or even buying a plane? Yes, someone really did that. With a figure HELOC, your home can help you cover vacations, medical bills, retirement, wedding expenses, home improvement, emergencies, or a pool. The opportunities are endless. Unlock up to $400,000 and choose the fastest HELOC on the planet at figure.com. Faster than a bank loan, cheaper than a personal loan. Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Uh, all right, let's move on to running backs. 
Got Christian McCaffrey at number one against Vegas. Great matchup for him. He's the obvious number one, you know, RB. He's the obvious RB one this week. Yeah. Um, you know, last week he didn't get all of the work. Keep that in mind. So the if Vegas stays competitive though in this game, then you know we should see McCaffrey on the field uh, a lot more than he was on the field last week. Right. But either way, great matchup. He should be good to go. Uh, Austin Eckler at two against the Rams. Derrick Henry if he plays at three against the Cowboys. Uh, Saquon Barkley, who has shown that ceiling in the last couple of games, you know, he's at four against an indie team who has given up the f- most fantasy points to opposing running backs over the last four weeks. Yeah. He's been killing it lately. Yeah. And we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. We're like, is he ever going to get back to that ceiling that we know him to have? He did last week. I mean, quietly had a very good week. I think he had 27 PPR points. Um, and that was with Daniel Jones getting it done in the passing game with Isaiah Hodgins doing his thing. It was just a very good offensive game for the Giants in general. And now they're going into a matchup, like you said, against Indianapolis, who are allowing the most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks and the sixth most to running backs over the course of the season. I don't think you can go wrong with Saquon Barkley this week. I think that he's going to be a really strong start for you. And there's no reason not to um, start him with confidence in your championship week. And then also with Christian McCaffrey, just kind of touching on him. Obviously, the Las Vegas would have to stay competitive for him to be in this game and be featured. But something that I'm taking note of I know Christian McCaffrey's a really good talent, but they might want to keep him healthy if they do go up in this game. Do you think maybe they give him a snap count or something like that to keep him healthy? Because we know he struggled with health a little bit in his career. Obviously, these past two years, he's missed a lot of time, but he's stayed relatively healthy this year. They're going into the playoffs. Do you think maybe if they go up, they kind of just shut him down for the day? I think Yeah, if they hurt. go up. Yeah. yeah, for sure. If they go up, yeah, definitely. But I don't know how much of a blowout this is going to be. I mean, the Raiders haven't really got blown out like that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing in Vegas, too. So, you know, I'm not really seeing this being, you know, a blowout or anything like that. But is it possible? Yeah, sure. The 49ers are a much better team than the Raiders, but the Raiders have, you know, stated most games. So not too concerned about that. You know, it is possible. Yeah. But, you know, you know, but yeah, it's something to, to keep in mind that that can easily happen. And we can see TDP come in. You know, we'll see what Jordan Mason's practice status looks like but tdp did get you know a bunch of carries last week right um you know uh with with mccaffrey um let's see dalvin cook you know great matchup i have him at five here great matchup against green bay um i'm back in on Ramondre stevenson at six against miami the yeah. output wasn't there last week but he did play on 91 percent of snaps so the input was there you know that's elite usage uh he's been killing it all year you know don't overthink it with him you know or don't overthink yeah a bad, you know, beat like, you know, if you made it to the championship, despite his performance last week, look at that as a blessing and just put him in your lineup this week, obviously keep him there. Solid RB one. Yeah. And in a really good matchup too. They're allowing the third most fancy points to running backs. Miami is over the last four weeks. So I, I think that's really good for Madre Stevenson. Good news. He needs that to kind of get back. Uh, obviously he was matchup proof before this, um, but the past two out of the past three weeks, he's kind of disappointed. So hopefully you've been able to survive that. Uh, I think he can get back to his winning ways uh, this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Conner at seven. Like I mentioned on Monday, since week 10 when he came back from his injury, he has been the overall RB4 only behind Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and Christian McCaffrey. So start him regardless of the quarterback situation, you know, but it does look like Colt McCoy can be back from that concussion this week. So if he's back, the offense takes a little bit, it gets a little bit of an upgrade because Trace McSorley, you know, was not getting the job done at all. But regardless, James Conner was still able to put up a monster fantasy day. So, you know, regardless, you know, Start him. Start yeah. him. He's in your lineup, regardless of who, regardless of who you have. 
James Conner is going to be quarterback proof. It doesn't matter who's handing him the ball. It's not like DeAndre Hopkins, like we saw. You need the quarterback to throw him the ball accurately for him to get it, you know, obviously and score points. But James Conner, regardless of who's starting at quarterback, whether it was Kyler Murray, whether it was Colt McCoy, Trace McSorley now, he's getting it done week in and week out. He's doing his thing. He's getting the touches that we drafted him to have earlier in the season. What He's getting those touches that made him what we call the value going into the season in the third round. I think that he's going to continue that. There's no reason to think that they're going to lean away from him now. He's shown he's capable of carrying that workload. It's not a horrific matchup. Um, they're allowing the 10th most fancy points o- over the course of the season is Atlanta. They tightened up a little bit. They're up yeah. actually a bottom nine or eight matchup this yeah. uh, over the last four weeks, but I think that they can get it done because he's pretty much been their entire offense without the passing game being coordinated. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then at eight, I have Josh Jacobs. You know, listen, this is a very tough matchup against yeah. the 49ers. So I'm tempering expectations here. Uh, he is at home. Derek Carr has played better against tougher opponents this year. So maybe the offense can do some things, uh, but he just, you know, he gets downgraded just a bit, uh, especially with a few of these other guys like Saquon and Dalvin having great matchups, Ramondre, James Conner having good matchups too. So, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, just got to temper expectations. You're still playing him because he got you here, right? And yeah. he's frustrated. Last week's uh, output was frustrating. Hopefully yeah. you were able to overcome it. Um, but, you know, Josh Jacobs, somebody that you still want to have in your lineup this week. Yeah, there's no reason to, you know, sit Josh Jacobs over anybody else you know i think that he can still get that workload as long as he gets that workload he's liable to have games like we've seen him have this season where he goes just absolutely crazy last week obviously not so good hopefully you survived that but i I think that josh jacobs this week it is a tough matchup i don't know how much you're going to be running the ball because i think that they might end up playing from behind a lot in this game so definitely temper expectations with that in mind he could be in line for another dud, but I do think they're going to have to supplement at least a little bit of a ground game. Otherwise, um, Nick Bosa is just going to be teeing off on Derek Carr, and I don't like that matchup for Derek Carr at all. Their offense overall for uh, Las Vegas, they might have trouble getting the end zone if that's what it comes down to. Uh, Tony Pollard, I have him at nine. Uh, you know, Like I mentioned, he hasn't practiced yet. Very tough matchup against Tennessee, uh, but still starting my studs, and he is a stud. So he's someone, you know, he can overcome any tough matchup, right? It just takes yeah. one big play from him at any point against anybody. So, you know, don't bench Tony Pollard. Um, another guy you're not benching is Travis Etienne. If he plays against Houston, uh, the hope is that he is going to play. The Jags aren't, you know, the, and the Jags aren't resting him for week 18, but this matchup is awesome. You know, so if he plays, there will be some high expectations out of Travis Etienne against Houston. For yeah. sure. We, we've seen Travis Etienne. He's been quiet the past few weeks, but it's impossible not to start a guy with this type of matchup. You know, obviously, they're allowing the most fancy points over the entire season, Houston is. And that's been their weakness all season. We've seen all types of running backs get it done. I think Travis Etienne, this could be a big bounce back game for him. And it could, couldn't come at a better time in the fantasy championship if that would happen. This is exactly, if I have Travis Etienne and I'm in the championship, there's nothing, there's no situation going into a game that is better outside of the fact that they might rest them. But assuming yeah. that they don't, and assuming that they just play this game as, as usual, Here's the situation going into this week with Travis Etienne. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week 10. He scored four touchdowns all year. The last four weeks, 13, 17, 19. No, I'm sorry. Hold on. 16, 17, 21, and 25 touches with no touchdowns. You know what that means? That regression is coming. Regression (laughs) is coming. Okay. So if that all lands this week against Houston... He might 
win you some fantasy championships, right? So that's that's yeah. kind of what we're hoping for. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if that if that comes true or not. Imagine, I know I know that I'm hoping that it comes true. <laughs> imagine having drafted Travis Etienne in that RB dead zone coming into the season. You know, where you're not sure what you're going to get with him, and he comes through in the fantasy championship like we're expecting him to. That would be like the complete full circle moment, especially if you made the championship. You know, that would be. That would be that would be a good storyline just for some teams. I think that would be pretty cool. Hundred percent, man. Hell yeah! All right, so got Nick Chubb at eleven uh, against Washington. Right, this is one of those situations where you know not the best matchup in the world, but you know anytime a talent like him can get twenty carries, you're playing him. Right, touchdown yeah. regression has hit him very the other way has hit him very hard over yes. the last four weeks. Right, he's to- scored a ton of touchdowns early on in the year. Unfortunately, you know, we knew that this was going to happen at some point where he just can't keep scoring every single week, right, with the amount of touches that he was getting. So hopefully he can get into the end zone this week. Uh, but, you know, keep starting Nick Chubb, you know, as you normally would. I know he didn't score last week, disappointing, but he did get volume. So continue yeah. to start him. This is like the reverse Travis Etienne, like you said. Nick Chubb, you know, he's yeah. been on a cold streak and he's going into a tough matchup where Travis Etienne's been on a cold streak. He's going into a very good matchup. I- I do think Travis Etienne, obviously, you're going to have him ranked over Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb hasn't done a whole lot for you in terms of your fantasy team recently. But also, with that touchdown regression, it might not be coming in bunches like it might be for Travis Etienne in this matchup. But there's no reason to think that he can't score. I think he's a threat to score every week. He yeah. hasn't done it in a little bit. So I think if he scores a touchdown, you're going to be in good shape. Um, he's going to be a solid RB2 regardless that floor is there every week because of his rushing totals and the volume that he gets. But Cleveland's offense just hasn't been you know, very dynamic. Um, these past few weeks with Deshaun Watson. We kind of expected this. You know, we expected this more to affect Amari Cooper than Nick Chubb of anybody, but obviously touchdown upside for an offense affects everybody, and we're seeing that this season. I think next season we could see Nick Chubb go back to being that RB1 like he was earlier this season. For sure, for sure. Um, tough matchup for Zeke this week, but, you know, maybe he gets a little bit of a boost because of a banged up Pollard. You know, maybe not. Maybe he gets a downgrade because yeah. the offense can't move <laughs> as much. Uh, but like I said before, he just can't stop scoring touchdowns eight games in a row that he's played in which he's scored. So that's absolutely insane. Um, we got Jerry McKinnon here at 13 against Denver. This is the last time he went up against Denver. He had 30 PPR fantasy points. It was the overall RB1 for the week. You know, a couple of fluke plays, sure. But he also has been extremely involved in the receiving game. Uh, and with a lot of tough matchups for these wide receivers, we could see a lot of targets go once again to McKinnon. And, you know, right. while he, he might not get the type of workload that a guy like Kenneth Walker might get, who I have ranked right under Jarek McKinnon, I feel like there's just way too much upside for McKinnon to just leave on your bench, right? Yeah. So I kind of want to have him in my lineup. It's just a matter of like how much upside am I willing to leave on the table? Right. And you look at that's what kind of spurred on his production last time they played the Broncos. You know, you talk about the wide receivers having tough matchups, so it might, you know, come down to the running backs. Denver's allowing the fifth most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks. So that's pretty good, you know, for Jarek McKinnon going into this one. Also, like you said, the game script with the receivers being bad um, in bad matchups. But Kenneth Walker, you know, the comparison here you you make that comparison about his workload being there he's going to get a whole lot more carries um and he's not going to get as many targets as Jerick McKinnon's going to in PPR you know those targets are like gold especially um so I think that Jerick McKinnon definitely has the upside in this one he's been scoring touchdowns you know like a madman these past couple weeks so I think that Jerick McKinnon in this offense you know that's kind of lacking weapons on the outside we've seen Patrick Mahomes lean further into Jerick McKinnon uh these past couple weeks he's on overall he had a more quiet game 
than we had become accustomed to the two weeks before that last week. I think he could get right back on the horse and have another good day. Five or six catches for 60 yards. I wouldn't be surprised if he adds a touchdown. So I, I like Jarek McKinnon definitely over Kenneth Walker this week. I do think he's in a better offense. Uh, Kenneth Walker, we have ranked at 14. He's going to get those rushing totals, but until those touchdowns come, um, I'm not you know super psyched about Kenneth Walker, at least as much as I was earlier in the season. Yeah, but you know the good thing is that most likely he's a good bet to get some volume because last yeah. week, I mean, right. he had how many how many touches did he have last 26 week? Twenty six carries. Alone. Yeah. There you go. Twenty six carries. You know, <laughs> pretty damn good, especially a in a game where there were the Seahawks were in a negative game script. Yeah. You know, that's legit. So, I think this is a tough matchup against the Jets, but I think he does get volume uh, in this yeah. game. Joe Mixon at 15 against Buffalo, you know, his his usage has gone down a little bit. But, you know, the targets were there last week, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, even the week before as well. So, you know, he hasn't, you know, 60 percent or less snaps, you know, two of the last three weeks. Um, you know, not amazing, you know, but at the end of the day, this is a good offense. There's gonna be a lot of scoring in this game. Uh, so that's the reason why you want to have Joe Mixon uh, in your lineup against Buffalo. And Aaron Jones against Minnesota, they, this is a tricky situation with Aaron Jones. I think regardless, you know, he always has the upside to get it done, right? Just the week yeah. before, you know, he had a 20-point game, right? And mm-hmm. coming into this game, he had that ankle injury. Um, you know, they were limiting his usage even in the first half before that injury. So before that, he re-aggravated that ankle. So right. not really sure, you know, what their thinking was there. AJ Dillon obviously had a bigger role last week. So, you know, I really want to monitor Aaron Jones' practice reports this week. My assumption is that he's going to be limited once again, you yeah. know, uh, the entire week and then potentially play. And then maybe A.J. Dillon will get some more work. Who knows? Like, this is really hard to determine. You know, am I going all the way to say I'm starting A.J. Dillon over Aaron Jones? I don't think I am, you know. No. But at the end of the day, like, it really depends on the practice reports. That's my assumption that he will, he'll be limited all week. He hasn't had a full practice since, like, week 10. Uh, it's been a minute. So he's been yeah. dealing with injuries, but he's been kind of powering through. Aaron Jones, his ankle injury, obviously, you know, the fact that he's going to be limited is going to affect Aaron Jones so much more than A.J. Dillon at this point, I think. You know, it's not going to be like like you said, you're not going to be starting A.J. Dillon with confidence because Aaron Jones might be limited. That's not going to be the case. It's just going to be like, okay, we have to temper expectations on, on Aaron Jones. I think A.J. Dillon's in line for more of the same. He's a touchdown-dependent running back. Uh, we saw that the past couple of weeks. A couple of weeks ago, he had two touchdowns on 33 yards rushing. So I, I think that nothing's going to change in that right. And then also with Joe Mixon, um, you know, we just, we just talk about him. His upside is pretty much gone, I feel like, at this point, because he's not getting those snaps, or at least enough to be like the workload, the workload to be the workhorse back. But um, I think he kind of reminds me if Najee Harris was on a good offense, like the Bengals, <laughs> you know? Obviously, I, I don't think he's like, as inefficient as Najee Harris, but you talk about the production, like, you know, it's just a couple points better each week than Najee Harris. So I'm looking at Joe Mixon. He's right here in this mid RB2 range. I think that's where I expect him to finish pretty much the rest of the season. And Aaron Jones, he might be a little bit high for me even at, at 16 because of that limit limitation on his ankle. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know what the limitation is going to be. I really want to see what his practice status is. If he gets a limited practice in today on a Wednesday, that'll be a good sign for him. You know, yeah. and I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be good with this ranking here um, because, you know, the guys after him, it's like Miles Sanders at 17, you know, Leonard Fournette at 18, um, you know, Leonard Fournette, you know, he has that he had a huge game this past week because he was hyper targeted. Um, he had insane volume, close to 30 opportunities in this game. Right. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, will that continue? Like, will he get that many opportunities? Will it be more of a split? I obviously trust him way more 
than Rashad White at this point because we had a couple game sample size now uh, where, you know, he's the, the lead guy. He's the guy that they want to give touches to, right, out of the two yeah. running backs. So that's what they're doing. Um, and Miles Sanders, like, especially with Gardner Minshew potentially getting the start, you know, they have been leaning on Sanders. He just hasn't been scoring. Yeah. Um, you know, last week he got the volume, but he just hasn't scored. So it's, you know. Miles Sanders can easily go off. You know, New Orleans hasn't been stout against the run by any means. Um, so, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like who has a higher ceiling against Minnesota? I still think Aaron Jones does, you know, <laughs> between, you know, these guys, you know. Uh, so that's yeah, kind of how, how, you know, how I'm looking at it between, you know, those three guys. I think they're in a similar tier, though. Yeah, I, I think they are, too. You know, you're comparing Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, and Leonard Fournette. I do agree, Leonard Fournette. I'm not sure if we're going to see another performance like we saw last week. They were competitive. They were in a close game against the Cardinals. Like, this offense is still bad. Like, it just happened to flow through Leonard Fournette. Not the Cardinals. A Trace McSorley-led Cardinals. Yeah. that At that. Like, Cardinals, bad enough. Trace McSorley? It's just a weird (laughs) thing to see, you know, for the Bucs offense. Now they're going up against a powerhouse offense with Sam Darnold leading the way. DJ Moore, right? Deontay Foreman? (laughs) The Panthers (laughs) offense. They're going up against the powerhouse Panthers offense. Sands Christian McCaffrey. Like, who would have thought we'd be saying that? And it's also not a very good matchup for Leonard Fournette on the ground either. If, over the last four weeks, if I'm not mistaken, they're allowing the least fantasy points Carolina is to running backs. So I, I think that's pretty pretty crazy. You look at that, I, I'm not sure I trust Leonard Fournette. I do think he belongs underneath Aaron Jones just because the upside might not be there. And I don't trust him to have that type of workload or performance each week. And Miles Sanders, he's been getting it done. He's just been like abnormally quiet these last few weeks. He's going to get back on the horse. He'll be just fine. Um, in a all right, it's, it's a solid matchup against the Saints. It, it's not bad, but it's not fantastic either. They've allowed a few more points than they have the rest of the season the Saints have. They're allowing the seventh most over the last four weeks. So maybe he gets it done this week. If he can score, I don't think you have to worry about Miles Sanders at all. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's probably the safest out of all these all these options, to be honest with you. Right. Um, Brian Robinson seems super safe this week. Yeah. You know, against Cleveland at home, the dude can potentially get 20 plus carries. In this game, easily. Like he, yeah. If I, bet on it, if I had to bet on it this week, twenty plus carries, easily. Yeah. Do you think I would, they, even, I would even take the odds on twenty five? <laughs> <laughs> Do you to, think you know? that would be because of um, the turnover at quarter, quarterback? You don't. You don't think they don't throw the ball a whole lot, or you think they're no, just going to be I, up in this game? I just think they're just an extremely run heavy team. Like if they can, if the game is in reach and they're in a neutral game script or they're in a positive game script, like they're going to run the ball regardless of who the quarterback is, you know? Yeah. Um. So that's just kind of how, how it doesn't have anything to do with who the quarterback is going to be this week. Um. I just think Cleveland is a terrible run defense and that's how they're going to attack them. Just to, but they also attack every team the same way regardless yeah. of you know what def- what the defense is showing um you know it's funny who did the commanders play last week they played um, the 49ers 49ers so the the 49ers have a- actually made uh personnel decisions on with their 53 man roster based on the fact that they were so run heavy like yeah. they just knew that they were going to run the ball you know so and that's what happened um some, something to keep in mind antonio gibson he's banged up I think he tweaked mm-hmm. like a knee or something like that. So he might not play this week. Um, you know, and that that what caused uh, who was it that came in? Jonathan Williams uh yeah. came in for Gibson last week, and he'll probably play that passing down role uh if you know if Antonio Gibson can't go. And I don't think he's gonna go this week, but uh that could mean good things for Brian Robinson, potentially getting a even bigger uh, you know, share of that pie on early downs. Yeah, and don't take that as our endorsement of Jonathan Williams taking over like any type of role that Antonio Gibson no. would have had. Don't. Yeah, there's no reason to start Jonathan Williams 
in your fantasy championship, <laughs> I no. would not do that. This I would even, you know, even even, a, even Antonio Gibson, you know, would have been a very pretty desperate play as a flex, even, yeah, you know, even definitely. against Cleveland, to be honest with you. Brian Robinson. It's really been all Brian Robinson lately. Do you think if Brian Robinson, yeah, obviously he's going to play, do you think if he's not competing with Antonio Gibson, do you think he could be like slam dunk RB2, like a really nice RB2 for you this week? Uh, against a bad Cleveland defense, or I think he's a uh, over the whole I think season? he's I think he's a slam dunk RB two regardless of whether Antonio Gibson plays or not. This okay, week. so and he already is. He's at RB nineteen, which makes him a solid RB two. Do you right, think right he right has RB one upside? <laughs> Obviously, we don't want to hype if him he up. Scores, too much. you know, if he's he scores, not. He's not very efficient. He gets yeah. a lot of carries though, so the workload yeah. got bigger. All he has to do yeah. is punch one in, and he's not too involved in the pass game either. So right. that's that's not. But we'll okay. see. Right, he's he's caught a couple passes. You know, obviously he's not horrific. But we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure. I think that Brian Robinson, he has some pretty nice upside if Antonio Gibson doesn't go. I didn't even know that Antonio Gibson might not even go this week. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, G- in- that's interesting. Gibson's banged up. Um, but still, I don't expect Robinson to see like more than 60% of snaps. I still think it's yeah. going to be sub 60 you know, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Algier uh, at 20 against Arizona. We talked about him you know, gaining the, gaining the lead in this backfield. Uh, you know, him versus Cordell Patterson, you know, he's involved in the pass game. You know, he's running more routes. He's getting the large majority uh, of the carries as well against Arizona. Great matchup. You know, we saw what, you know, Rashad White was able to score last week. We saw Leonard Fournette getting it, getting it done as well. Um, it's really just, you know, a couple of of good players on this Falcons team. Algier, Drake London. That's really it, you know. And against Arizona, this is a winnable matchup. For the Falcons, and I think if they run the ball, they control it. I think they can win this game. I think that's what they're going to do with Tyler Algier. Yeah, we threw this his little hype party, you know, on the waiver wire yesterday, and we yeah. talked about him, you know, getting that workload, locking it in uh, last week on the takeaway show on Monday. And it looks like going in this week, obviously, he's going to be really good. The matchup is good. You know, Cardinals are allowing the second most fantasy points for running backs over the last four weeks, and the fifth most over the entire season. I think he's just a really good play at this point. You know, if you stashed him, if you had him on your bench or you picked him up on the waiver wire, I think you can start him. You might, it looks like Derrick Henry's going to go. I was talking about him being like almost not necessarily a one for one replacement for Derrick Henry, but as close as you can get to it with the waiver wire players. Um, I think you could consider starting him at flex. You don't, he doesn't have to be a replacement level player this week. He could be someone that you're starting and just be like, yeah, all right, I'm not replacing somebody with him. He could be a flex. Oh, yeah. He could be an RB2. Oh, yeah. Definitely this week. For sure, for sure. I would say he's a probably a top 50 play just overall, uh, even when you consider the wide receivers. Actually, oh, maybe top 40. I could see him being a top 40 play. Uh, okay, so total, total fantasy point score, do you mean just like that? Overall? Over, between between running backs and wide receivers. Oh, for flex. So like flex. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Now, I have DeAndre Swift here at 21, and this this is based on Jamal Williams being banged up. And yeah. I'm assuming Jamal Williams is going to be out this week. If Jamal Williams is out, I have John Joseph here at 21 um, because I still believe <laughs> that uh, um, Justin Jackson is going to be involved if, if yep. Jamal Williams is out. It's possible that he's even, you know, pretty involved in the pass in the early down game as well. Um, so he but could out carry Swift. I think so. He could. John Joseph saw, you know, his highest usage, in terms of snaps, rap participation since like week four um, this past week. So if yep. Jamal Williams is out, I could see, you know, a slam dunk matchup <laughs> against Chicago, right? So he could, you know, I would be surprised if DeAndre Swift had 150 yards in this game total <laughs> or if he had 30 yards in this game, right? Yeah. It's like complete boom bust. But, you know, if you look at the names after him, 
there's just a lot of upside on the table if Jamal Williams is off the off the field. It is what it is. I'm going to live and die with DeAndre Swift this week if I have him. Yeah, I, it's so tough to trust. Imagine like <laughs> imagine starting DeAndre Swift after doing what he's done the past few weeks in your championship. Like, oh, I don't know how much I trust it. I think the matchup is very good. If Jamal Williams is out. That definitely gives you enough reason to pull the trigger, you know, and hope that he can do it. Uh, but Justin Jackson has just been a thorn in the side of DeAndre Swift all season. For some reason, he's getting those carries. If DeAndre Swift gets five or six targets, he should be okay. But we need him to get 10, 15 carries on top of those five, six targets. If he can get that, love his upside. Um, otherwise, I think he's going to have trouble reaching that upside. Um, against Chicago, we'll see. It could be a shootout. Obviously, like we said, this, has, this game has the highest over-under of the week. Um, so maybe DeAndre Swift just cashes in with an easy touchdown. We'll have to see. But um, I, I like pass catchers more in this game than DeAndre Swift this week just because we've seen what he's done the past few weeks. He hasn't been very good. I don't know, man. I, I'm okay starting him. I'm tempering I'm okay expectations. So earlier in the I season, say I was a big DeAndre Swift guy. <laughs> I know, and he's scorned you. I know. He's yeah. scorned you. He's scorned you. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. But I'm looking at this you know, this week if Jamal Williams is out and against this in, in this amazing matchup. Like I'm, I'm doing it. I'm pulling the yeah. trigger. I'm starting him over David Montgomery. If that's the case, you know, if Jamal Williams plays, then I'm not going to do that. And right. DeAndre Swift will probably fall to, I don't know, Matthew Stafford's here in the running back range. Yeah, I, I don't see know that. where he came from at 25. Yeah, was... uh, I think we we're talking about Cam Akers there. He was, yes, that's, that's Cam Akers. Akers yeah. But David Montgomery, you know, you have you know, Khalil Herbert, you know, coming back a little bit, you know, against Detroit. Detroit obviously got absolutely gashed last week, you know, from Deontay Foreman. And mm-hmm. uh, Chuba Hubbard, you know, but they've been stout before that. So who are they going to yeah. get? They're in Detroit this week. Last week they were in Carolina, so maybe that had a factor that played a factor. But in Detroit this week, you know, I think David Montgomery solid. You know, I think he'll be fine, even with Khalil Herbert back. Uh, Herbert did come in and take a little bit of that work away uh, last week. Possibly could potentially take a little bit more work this week. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but not, you know, I, I can't tell whether this is a good matchup or not for David Montgomery. So, uh, it, you know, I think he's solid and you could start him, but I'm tempering my expectations just a little bit for him this week. I, I think that's fair, especially with the threat of Khalil Herbert, just kind of you know getting some more carries than he did last week. And we talked about that on last week's pod where we said, you know, maybe Khalil Herbert, he might not get many touches this week coming back from the injury, but he could get ramped up into it. I think that's... Yeah. Definitely a possibility here against the Lions. Was anybody expecting like the Panthers to run for as many yards as they did of course last not. week? No, not obviously, at all. Obviously, you're not going to expect 320 yards on the ground against any team. But against the Lions, who had been as good as they had been, you know, on the season and just the past couple of weeks before that, like I didn't see that coming at all. I don't think that's going to be like a trend. I think that's just going to be like an outlier performance. So I think having David Montgomery down here, even though it seems like it might be a good matchup, especially in a high-scoring game, we talked about the over/under. I think it makes sense to have Dave Montgomery here because Khalil Herbert could vulture enough touches that he's not a workhorse and he's not getting right. enough volume to have that upside over a guy like DeAndre Swift. Like I said, I know I'm acknowledging DeAndre Swift's upside. I'm also acknowledging the fact that I don't expect him to hit that this week. <laughs> I hear that. All right, so A.J. Dillon at 23 here against Minnesota. He's just been getting it done lately, and with Aaron Jones a little bit banged up, I am vaulting him up to a low-end RB2 against a Minnesota team who's been giving up a ton of fantasy points to running backs. So I am yeah. vaulting him up here. Uh, and then I have Alan Kamara at RB24 against Philly. I'm just a little bit afraid of this matchup in general for the yeah. Saints. Um, I don't know how much they're going to be able to move the ball. You know, Alvin Kamara had a great matchup last week against Cleveland. It was a run-heavy game. 
He's losing some snaps on third downs, on passing downs. If they go down, like, is he going to get those targets? I don't trust that to happen, right? So Kamara right. is not somebody that I trust this week, you know, to be honest with you. And Have you, you know, trusted like, him any week? <laughs> you know what I mean? Last week I did. Last week. Yeah. I okay. I guess yeah, you could. You know? Outside of negative weather and 40-mile-an-hour winds, have you been yeah. able to trust him all week? It, no, this was a game so. where it could be a neutral game script or a game where it was a decent matchup on the ground, then sure. But Philly yeah. hasn't been, you know, favorable towards fantasy running backs. So, you know, I don't – Alvin Kamara is not somebody that I trust right now. I trust him more now than I did a couple of weeks ago when Mark Ingram was part of that rotation. He's getting more of that work now. He's getting much higher share of the pie since uh, two weeks ago uh, after yeah. Mark Ingram went out and after he came back from his bye. So, at the same time, though, I, I'm tempering expectations here. Like – Cam Akers, I have him at 25. I was very tempted to put Cam Akers above Avon Kamara, and I might do that, to be honest with you, because they're going up against the Chargers. You know, he could get yeah. some volume. He had a monster week the week before. He's been he's been scoring some touchdowns lately, man. Um, and the Rams are really depending on the ground game right now, and they're playing a little bit better now with Baker Mayfield under center. Yeah, that's the funniest thing. You know, a lot of people clown on Baker Mayfield and stuff, but the offense looks better with him at the helm. And Cam Akers suddenly being featured the way we wanted him to from day one. And obviously they're not playing. Isn't it so funny, dude? Like, okay, yeah. so <laughs> so Go we ahead. got Cam Makers coming through in the fantasy playoffs, right? We have Leonard Fournette coming through in the fantasy playoffs. We have Jared uh, Well, no, I'm talking about guys that like you know we might have been high on early before the year started. Oh yeah, right. And then like you know Travis Etienne, right? Potentially, hopefully coming mm-hmm. through, right? James Conner at the very end, Saquon, Christian McCaffrey. You know what I'm saying? Like the guys that people were like, you know, hesitant to draft, you know, might be <laughs> actually coming through well, when it matters, which yeah. is insane to think about. Cam Akers for good reason. You know, obviously I I was off of Cam Akers coming this season and I was on the Cam Akers. Of course, I get on the Cam Akers right before, you know, he just shits the bed. But, right. you know, he's looked much better these past couple of weeks. It looks like they're just using him in the offense because that's what they have. Um we I remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Kyron Williams being the only running back that doesn't suck, but the offenses look better the past couple of weeks. Cam Akers is now out of suck territory, and um, you know I think <laughs> he might be a safer play than Alvin Kamara this week just because of the matchup yeah. alone and the I volume. Th- he's, I think he might be safer. He's pretty much guaranteed 15 carries. You know, and if he gets a touchdown, I think that's plausible. Alvin Kamara, I don't matchup. know. We're gonna have to see what Alvin Kamara does. I'm not sure. It just it's also been just. Very brutal watching Alvin Kamara not get used the way that we want him to or that he should be used. But that's just the reality of the situation here. That I think Cam Akers, you know, he's a safer play this week. And the Chargers, you know, they're a good matchup. And I don't expect them to blow them out the water. I expect them to have a neutral game script at the very least. Yeah. You know? Especially with both teams but, playing but at home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Pacheco at 26 uh, against Denver, you know. Uh, like you mentioned, Denver has been vulnerable uh, to running backs lately, but you know Jared McKinnon has been coming on a little bit. Pacheco really just used in the running game for the most part. You know you can expect 15 carries from him, right? But like, you know he, his upside really is there if he scores. And Jared McKinnon has been used a ton, you know, around the goal line and in the red yeah. zone. So you know Isaiah Pacheco is like a decent start. He'll get mm-hmm. you points, but not I- sure how much upside is going to be there. You can break down the Chiefs' backfield as Jerick McKinnon is your upside start from the Chiefs, and your floor start is Isaiah Pacheco because he right. just gets the rushing yards and the carries. You know, if you can get a touchdown, that would make him that would take him out of floor territory, a floor start territory. It would make him actually a solid RB two, but because he hasn't done that, and Jerick McKinnon's been doing his thing, 
and the way that the offense has been playing hasn't been very conducive to rushing touchdowns for Isaiah Pacheco. They're not using him that way. You have to keep him outside the top 24. But he has that type of upside each week. He's just not at that point yet where they're giving him those touches where you can rely on him. Yes, he's going to get enough touches where he might add a touchdown. He's getting the rushing attempts. That's about it. He's the early down back. And that's how he's ranked at 26. I got J.K. Dobbins at 27. You know, he's probably not going to get a ton of volume, but you're going to have to depend on efficiency. He got it done against Pittsburgh the last time around. Now he's at home. Maybe he could do it again. But again, you'll be depending on that efficiency. Maybe with Lamar back, they can, you know, they'll depend on the ground game even more if Lamar can't, you know, run the ball, right, Right. uh, himself. Uh, Maybe these running backs get a little bit more of a share of that total, you know, uh, quarter, you know, that, that rushing workload for the team. Um, and yep. then Najee Harris going up against him uh, at, at Baltimore, you know, he can get some volume in this game and he was extremely involved in the past game late uh, last week. Um, not sure if that continues, but you know, he's a decent start, really just a volume play at the end of the day. Yep. Uh, and then Zonovan Knight against Seattle. I think Zonovan Knight actually bounces back. I think this is a little bit, this ranking is a little bit low. Even though Zonovan Knight has been absolutely terrible for fantasy lately, right? Like he was yeah. like, he probably killed you. You probably started him last week or the week before he knocked you at the playoffs. But now yeah. with Mike White back, the offense becomes more capable. Number one and number two, this is an amazing matchup against Seattle. Yeah. And if the Jets stay in this game, I can see Zonovan Knight getting 20 touches in this game. Yeah, I think that's absolutely in the cards. And we talk about Mike White coming back. And it seems like anytime Zach Wilson's off the field, these running backs just get targets. And that would be huge. For Zonovan Knight, you know, going in this matchup. That's where we saw him make some money, you know, earlier when he was doing his thing, putting up that solid 13, 14 point floor for each week. I think he can get right back to that. And like you said, against Seattle, which is a really good matchup, there's no reason to think that he can't get back to that. I think it's going to be a competitive game um, between these two. I don't think anybody's going to run away with it. It's going to keep Zonovan Knight squarely in the game plan. And like you said, does it feel a little low? Yes. I think this is like him at his floor this week. I don't be it's surprised. Just, it just feels scary because like, yeah, you know, he's shit the bed the last couple of games, yeah, but, but we know, you know it is what it is. We know yeah. why. <laughs> like Zach right. Wilson was that quarterback. And obviously we give Zach Wilson a lot of crap on this podcast, but you know, I think he deserves a shot somewhere else, but the bottom line is for now for fantasy, he was terrible. And I think that's, he's going to be the scapegoat for me for zombie night's production. These past two weeks. I hear you. I hear you. And then Deontay Foreman, uh, yeah, 30 to round this out. You know, he has the capabilities of hitting 20 carries in any given week so yep. that's the reason why he's at 30 not too many running backs can say that uh so against tampa right listen over the last three weeks uh carolina is a one two three four five six seven they're the, they have scored the eighth most points on a per game basis over the last three games okay so this could be a positive game script for them tampa yeah. tampa seventh least amount of uh, points per game over the last three weeks Okay, so they haven't been playing well. This is a game where Carolina that Carolina can win. This is a game where Carolina can be up. At the yeah. very least, is likely to be a neutral game script. So these running backs could get some could get a big workload in this game. And since Steve Wilkes is interim head coach, I think he's actually making a case to be the head coach next season and beyond. You know, we'll see how it goes. They've been a run first team. They've been handing the ball off a lot. They've become a much more difficult team to play. Um, this game is for the Panthers' playoff life. If they beat the Buccaneers, all they have to do is win next week and they're in the playoffs and they'll knock yeah. Tampa Bay out. Tampa Bay is not playing playoff football. I think there's a real chance we see the Panthers win this. And if they're winning, like you said, a big reason why is going to be that ground game, especially if they go up and they hold a lead. Anybody can hold a lead against the Buccaneers. <laughs> all you got to do is go up. The thing about it is 
the Buccaneers have been winning games because they've been allowed to stay in the game late. And then Tom Brady's clutch gene just takes over. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's still yep. Tom Brady at the end of the day. But if you can go build yourself a lead and hold that, you're going to be just fine against the Buccaneers. So I would look at the Panthers and say that, yes, that's going to be their game plan going into this one. And with Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard playing the way they are, I think they're going to be a big part, super involved. This might even be a little low for Deontay Foreman for my taste, but we've seen him obviously sit the bed a couple of the past few weeks. So he's coming off a good performance. I think he can build on it, but I, I, th- yeah. I think this might be a little bit low for Deontay Foreman. I can see that. I can see him maybe putting him over Najee, higher chance yeah. of scoring maybe. Maybe uh, even over J.K. Dobbins. I don't know, because Ravens offense, I don't like it at all. I mean, yeah. J.K. Dobbins has been relying on efficiency that isn't sust- sustainable, and we saw it come through last week where he just didn't, perform well at all that efficiency wasn't there yeah and it's, and it's a tough matchup one. for him against pittsburgh too so just something yeah. to keep in mind yeah that's a good point maybe we'll move deontay up to 27 all right uh well our, our full rankings are going to be up on patreon.com slash upperhand fantasy you can click the link in the description and you'll get our full rankings for running backs wide receivers uh flex rankings quarterback rankings tenant rankings all of it is going to be up there uh on tomorrow tomorrow's thursday it'll be up tomorrow yeah. You can go check that out at patreon.com slash upper hand fantasy. Appreciate you guys uh, listening to the podcast. Still sticking with us. Good luck this week in your championship game. But we'll be back tomorrow with our wide receiver and tight end rankings uh, so we can get you into a, a good spot going into your championship game. Okay. Take it easy, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Presented by T Mobile the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.